93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have joined us this weekend. Very pleased to welcome Rhonda Carlson uh, to the Eagle Studios. Uh, Rhonda, of course, is a uh, longtime Columbia resident. I think you're a native, aren't you, Rhonda? Yes, I'm a boom baby. Boom baby, how about that? <laughs> Funny they don't call me about doing any of those promos, but yes, I'm a boom baby. Well, they've done worse, let me tell you. But uh, uh, it's um, uh, Rhonda's also a very successful developer here in Columbia with her husband and actively involved in the community. So let's tell people about your background, uh, Rhonda. You uh, grew up in Columbia, right? Yes, for the most part. I spent about four years approximately in California, and Oregon. Oh wow! Okay, the left coast, and so you uh, you probably learned a lot out there. Well, I was a little young. But yeah, it was my junior high years, oh, okay. early pre junior high, and then first year of junior high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, you and your husband Cass uh, have a uh, successful development company called CNC, correct? Correct. And tell us about some of the neighborhoods that uh, you've built here in Columbia. Uh, the oldest probably be Parkade North, wow. um, Southridge, Country Club Fairways. Oh gosh, Spencer's Crest yep. would be a condominium yep. development, and we're currently working in um, What's Settlers the one on, Ridge. Okay, so is that the one on the way to Har- Hallsville? Yes. Okay, very good. Yes, up, and up, then up. Tuscany Ridge currently. And tell us where Tuscany up, Ridge is. Tuscany is up by Alpha Heart. Oh, it's right. Um, Just, it's, it's right by the fairgrounds. Yes. Okay. Right. And yes, correct. And then we did do Seven Oaks. Okay. And Seven Oaks is behind like the Grand Crew. That's correct. Okay. Very correct. good. Uh, so, have you ever done a count as to how many homes you guys have built here in Columbia? No, but it's around two thousand. Wow. That's impressive. And then I'm still not behind bars. <laughs> Somehow you're still free on the streets. Now, you uh, are also a licensed realtor. Correct. correct? And, and do you have your license with somebody or do you have your own? With Remax. With Remax. Okay, very good. Yes. Um, tell us um, about some of the things that uh, uh, your name has been in the newspaper a lot. And, and I the, you, you've been involved in a lot of stuff over the years uh, in Columbia. Uh, right now, you're currently the chairperson of the... Uh, the Citizens uh, Review Board for the Citizens Police Review Board. Okay, Citizens Police Review Board. Okay, yes. very good. And, and kind of chair, because right now we're, now that we're at a full board and we came back, we in October would have elected a, a chair, but mm-hmm. we were on hiatus per se. Yeah. Um, we have decided to let the new board kind of get its feet, and mm-hmm. I'm acting like doing the. Um, you're like a facilitator. I'm facilitating yeah, the meetings yeah, yeah. as chair, but not being chair. I'm letting everybody kind of get a feel for it yeah. since we have a full board doing this. So it's the, kind of anarchy. I mean, everybody's in charge. Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> I, I call the meeting to order, go yeah. through the, the motions, and we go in. If we have to go into a closed hearing or anything like that, I do that. And yeah. then in a, in a few months after we've gotten everybody kind of up to speed doing all their training and mm-hmm. stuff, 
then we will elect chair and vice chair. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about lots of things because you you have uh, been involved in lots of things. We're going to be talking about affordable housing. We're going to be talking about the real estate market. But I, you know, I, I have a curiosity about this uh, Citizens Police Review Board. I, I, um, I tuned in one night. I don't know if I guess my life is is that boring, but I I tuned in and watched the Citizens Police Review Board on television one night. And I got to tell you, I was a little shocked um, and uh, just as sort of maybe the tenor of the meeting and and some of the things that are going on. And I know that you're the chairperson, so you you, uh, you probably need to take the high road here. But I, I just sort of was... I don't know. The word dysfunction came to mind. And um, tell me a little bit about the dynamics here. What what has been what's been the issue in terms of uh, why is it so contentious? Why was it so contentious? I should say. Um, I couldn't really put my finger on exactly why. Um, I think that truthfully, it was something where we had. I would call it a faction that wanted to go one direction, mm-hmm. and there was a bit of discomfort on whether the whole board was buying into it. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah. my best way of putting it, yeah. and uh, felt we needed to go completely a different direction with the model, and that may or may not be what needs to happen, but that's the choice of the city council, not our choice and right. our direction because you serve at the pleasure of the city council that correct? is correct yeah that is correct and so and uh you inherited the mission and the uh you know basically uh, tell us a little bit about the what you understand the mission of the citizens police review board to be well we're basically to review policy okay and listen to the citizens of of columbia yep and we're supposed to review the policy and also if there are any complaints against the police department, mm-hmm. we're to hear those. Yeah. Or any decisions of the chief. We also, if the citizen doesn't choose to like that decision, they can complain to us. Yeah. So, so the, the first order of business is really uh, the the chief tries to resolve any issues involving a Columbia police officer. If the citizen disagrees with what the the chief is is saying uh, or his final decision, they have an opportunity to appeal it with your board. That is correct. And so, have you seen how many how many in the last year? How many appeals has, has this this body seen? I am well. I am not a calendar in front of me, but up until this last week. There was one, one the entire year. Of course, mm-hmm. you you didn't you were in hiatus for about three months, probably or three or four months, three or four months. And yeah, we had seen I think one that whole calendar year prior to that. Okay, so um, so generally speaking, I mean, one might get the impression that the majority of Columbia citizens are, and I, I may be jumping to a conclusion here, but I, I just think it stands to reason that the majority of Columbia citizens are are currently satisfied with the job that our police department is doing, our chief is doing. Is that is that a fair assessment or not? Well, they may or may not be. One of the things that uh, one of our other members had looked at and what we were just getting ready to dive into and we have just started is auditing the previous year's actual complaints but may not have gotten to the point of an appeal oh, I see. of all of the citizen complaints mm-hmm. over the year which we had never done as long as I had been on the board which 
Believe it or not, it's only been two years. Oh, really? Okay. Feels, feels uh, like, feels like a lifetime. <laughs> yes, feels like a lifetime, but it, two years, March. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that hadn't been audited, and we, we can review and audit that. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that we were just getting ready to dive into, certain yeah. complaints. Yeah. And we can do that with or without an appeal to the board. Mm-hmm. And that was what we were just starting to do and yeah. just had decided to do. And we went into closed session to review those. And that is something we can do, even though the public may not have made a complete appeal of a, of a decision of the chief. Yeah, yeah. These are my words, not your, your words. But when, when, you, when you watch one of the old Citizen Police Review Board meetings, um, it just didn't seem like there was a level of decorum that you would expect for a city uh, committee or commission. Uh, there wasn't, uh, there just seemed to be a lot of disrespect. And um, and I guess if you were to look at the root cause for all of this, I, I guess like if you if you look at almost any organization and you see that that kind of tension, there's an obvious lack of trust. Um, and I think that that is, uh, is it fair to say that that might be the root cause behind a lot of that tension? Um, I would say personally, and I'm speaking for myself yeah. personally, I wouldn't yeah. put this on anybody else. I can, everybody can speak for themselves. Yeah. And um, I would say that's possible and probably true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could feel that coming from some some speakers that would come up and make statements, truthful or not. Um, I didn't feel that it was necessary for me to answer those statements. Yeah. Uh, nobody has to uh, uh, be sworn to oath or uh, for fear of perjury or anything when they testify in front of the Citizens Police Review Board. Correct? No, no. They can yeah. say anything they want. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, do you think, um, uh, you know, is there, what's going to happen? So they've appointed several new members. You're fully, you're fully staffed. Correct. Um, so... Uh, what do you anticipate happening over the next few months with this this organization? Well, I think my feeling is that they've gone through and gone to great lengths to try to train up everybody mm-hmm. on what our purpose is, mm-hmm. um, what the processes are, and everybody seems to have a good working relationship. We all come from very dramatically different perspectives and backgrounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of, I guess, I, I, the best way I can say it is make sure that everybody is willing to work towards the goal of trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is, it yeah. is. But I think everybody gets along very well. Yeah. Okay. And and that's what I think everybody's tried to make a really, their goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't have to agree. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to agree. Yeah. But to be respectful of everybody else's beliefs. Yeah. It, it seems like there is a bit of a movement in this community uh, to defund the police. Would you agree or disagree with that? I I personally have tried not to even have a, have a thought on that. Yeah. I think I have a goal of us as a review board mm-hmm. making sure that we stay intact. Yeah. Um, we do need, there has been a lot of criticism of us building some trust within the police department. Yeah. And I feel like there has to be some degree of trust. That doesn't mean we agree with them. Yeah. That mainly means that we have trust that our decisions are being looked at 
we're looking at the whole picture fairly. Yeah. So you're trying to maintain some objectivity. Uh, Correct. And, and, and what you're saying is that uh, it, it's not the job or the mission of the Citizens Police Review Board to be uh, anti-cop or biased in, in either direction, either that pro-cop or anti-cop. And so you just try to maintain a... But there, I know I've heard testimony that that really the, the belief is that this board needs to be anti-cop in order to effectively do its job. And yes. uh, and that's, that's just not right. Correct? It should not be. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you, here's what's interesting is that you have a very successful business. You could probably ride off into the sunset and, and enjoy your life. Uh, you know... It doesn't always pay to get involved in uh, in in the community the way that you have gotten involved in the community, and I know that you're on the ready board and, and a few other things that you're involved with. But uh, it's really um, uh, why, why do you do it? Why do you subject yourself to this? I get asked that a lot, truthfully, and it, it, I guess just deep down, if I don't do it, or somebody that has strong ties to the community won't do it mm-hmm. who will yeah it's very easy to just let it happen and let things happen but yeah. if you won't take that chance to do it and won't stand up for your community who will yeah and i think everybody deserves a shot a fair shot and i've concerned myself i if people have strong opinions I don't care if you do or don't like me, but I am fair, yeah. and I will be fair, and I've always yeah. been fair. Yeah, you know, uh, Hank Waters used to use a term uh, called uh, "paying your civic rent," and um, and and what he meant by that is that hey, if you know if you have benefited from uh, the success that this community affords you, you need to pay it back. You need to pay it forward. You need to you need to get involved and and uh, get involved on some of these boards and commissions. And I think that that's one of the things. As a former politician, and as you know, I've, I've served on the Housing Authority board for eight years, and I served on the Boone Hospital board for fourteen years. You know, and then I got into politics, and and I think that one of the things that frustrates me the most is that our local business community, and this is a this is a local CEO roundtable show, our local business community just simply doesn't step up as much as we need them to. I mean, we we need business owners and business managers and business leaders to get involved and get on these commissions. Otherwise, we just sort of throw our community away. And so, do you have a thought on that? I would tell you that is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't slight anybody that's in the business community that can't do it. It is it, it is harder probably than it, I'm dead tired when yeah. I have to go to those meetings. Mm-hmm. And then some of the, when we do get cases and we do have one before us now, the study that's involved and the time, yeah. the time that's involved to get ready for these is not, to be you know slighted but if we don't someone else is going to decide how you're going to eat your lunch yeah yeah it's a scary thing it 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 just it's something you have you have to do yeah that's the voice of Rhonda Carlson, uh, who one of the owners of CNC Construction, a local developer, current chair of the uh, Citizens Police Review Board. Uh, we're going to stop talking about the Citizens Police Review Board when we come back. Talk about the local real estate market and uh, and this very sensitive subject called affordable housing. Uh, all of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle.
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, I'm visiting with Rhonda Carlson. Uh, and uh, Rhonda is uh, a very successful realtor and developer here in Columbia. Uh, C&C Construction, lots of neighborhoods, uh, probably one that you live in as you're listening to this program, uh, was uh, built and developed by the Carlson family. Um, I want to talk about this. I appreciate the fact that you care about affordable housing uh, because I think that uh, th- we are a community, and again, this is just Fred Perry talking. We are a community that has given lots of lip service to affordable housing, but when when we have the opportunity to really do something, to really make a difference, uh, we don't do it. One of the examples I'll cite is that you know the city and the county just got sixty million dollars of one time, once in a lifetime money through the American Rescue Plan. And, um, you know, not enough of that is being used to give people that chance at home ownership. Nothing breaks the cycle of poverty like home ownership. You give somebody an opportunity to own a home, you will change their family for generations. And, um, and we know that. People know that. But for some reason, we don't do it. So I want to just start off with you, Rhonda, and say, what kind of what is your definition these days? Because I think the definition has changed. Uh, What is affordable housing? There isn't an answer. And that's kind of frustrating that Cass and I knock this one around is that you don't know what it is because the city calls it one thing. Yeah. We call it another. I mean, Board of Realtors, it's the median in anybody that's building or purchasing a home below what the median house price is. Mm hmm. Uh, it was two two hundred eighty six thousand last month. Yeah, well, that's crazy. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's here's the deal. Okay, so we 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 go to a lot of efforts to raise everybody's minimum wage to fifteen dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. the city did it, the county did it. Um, that the doesn't buy anything. The, yeah, right. And so and so I know I can do the math in my head to tell you what twenty dollars an hour is. You know, that's you know a forty thousand dollar annual income, but. Here's the deal. I mean, what can you really afford to buy with a $40,000 annual income? And, you know, uh, I think a few years back, we, we, we did a little bit of uh, calculating, and, and it, we we came to the conclusion that the average police officer, the average state trooper, the average teacher in Columbia, if they were a single parent, could not afford to buy a home in, in Columbia. And uh, so that's really, you know, um, I'm not uh, – I mean, I – I mean, it's it's a free market economy, and I appreciate that. But but the truth of the matter is, you know, the it, affordable housing is kind of a pipe dream uh, in in many respects. But tell me, tell me why why is it? I mean, why why is the cost of housing why has it increased so dramatically in the last say ten years? Well, there's no magic pill on that one either. I mean, if you compare it from 2018 to 2023 is $195,000. That's $285,000. So $195,000 to $286,000. Yes. In five years. Five years. Wow. That's incredible. Part of that's new construction. Yeah. Part of it is, um, you know, just sort of the appreciation of land and property. I mean, property is more expensive,
uh, nine increases in the last 13 months in, in the interest rate. Um, so help but me. But you've got, you've got your existing housing stock is built in there. Uh-huh. COVID put the kibosh on some, you know, it slowed the market down as far as single family houses that were existing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of a, a false. Okay. Yeah. Quashing of the market, right. so that caused the big jump, and then the housing and construction costs took that big bump because of availability of product, etc. The labor force, yeah, pressures, all of those things started the big jump. Yeah, you know, home building is a huge part of our local economy, and I don't think that people, uh, the home builders, a few years ago uh, came up with some numbers about. I think there were almost six thousand people that were employed full-time in, in the local housing industry um, you know that's uh, that's quite an economic force in our community and so uh, when there's troubles in the housing market uh, you know or things slow down or speed up you know, a lot of people in town feel it you know and that's that's pretty big and it takes a whole lot longer you used to be able to produce a house a new house yeah. in 120 days yeah on average yeah now it takes about six months why why is that uh, lack of labor force is okay. one of those. All right, just getting it built. Um, I know that almost all of our suppliers they can't keep they can't keep their people. They they mm-hmm. they just have attrition. They nobody's yeah. coming into the field. Right, it's hard um, work. It well, you know, there's no young people coming into the field. Yeah. They're all going off to college. Yeah, nobody goes into the trades anymore. They, we're, everybody's hopeful, like Rankin or yeah, will start helping. But I don't necessarily see that. Our electricians, plumbers, mm-hmm. nobody's young coming yeah. into the business. Yeah, well, that's too bad. So, what when you look at sort of uh, our our community's approach to affordable housing, and you mm-hmm. sort of see some of the things that are happening with the city and so forth, kind of paint a picture of, of what we're trying to do with affordable housing and and what's working, what's not working. Well, everything I see, um, while it's it feels good, looks good, is geared towards um, people that are on the lowest end, and there's never going to be enough housing on that side of it mm-hmm. to help, yeah. truthfully. Yeah. Um, I'm not knocking it. I understand the need, but there's a lack of rental housing, and the rental stock has gotten smaller and smaller as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the rents have gone up. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a lot of people that have moved to mid-Missouri. I think that is also a COVID-generated issue. Yeah, so moving to Centralia, Hallsville, Ashland, Boonville, uh, moving outside the city limits. And oh, you say people moving are moving into, into oh, and see people with a tolerance for a commute yeah. also yeah. have moved here yeah. because uh, twenty minutes and thirty minutes, yeah, nothing to mid in a mid Missouri yeah. commute yeah. means nothing to somebody that moved here from the west and yeah. east coast. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And you you have these people that are teleworking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're fine with moving here, yeah. so they've taken up a lot of the stock. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, so the answer is not there. Yeah. So is is there is there one or two things that you think they that could be done? I and mean, maybe it's totally impra- impractical, but but if you could wave a magic wand and fix one or two characteristics about our our market, um, what would help increase the supply or the stock of, of affordable housing? Well, it, there's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I they say they're working on looking at the zoning that they are hiring um, a someone to come a consultant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I hope they're doing that. Mm-hmm. 
in a way that's that's going to be helpful. And changing the zoning does what? Well, hopefully they they said that, that we were streamlining our zoning process this last go round, but it it seems to have mucked it up a bit. Okay, so it uh, so what the effort is to really make the zoning process less onerous or onerous. Uh, that's what I hear every time. Okay. Okay, and, and that's and it doesn't really because we heard that about the I can't remember what the, the I can't remember the terminology for the last round of zones. UDO yeah UDO and I and everybody yeah. I think went in, into it with yeah I don't thinking think anybody it, did it not thinking that was going to okay. help but it, yeah. it's very complicated yeah um, that multifamily housing is is always frowned upon I know that's what they multifamily you can call it whatever you want mixed mixed housing where you can get several diff- different types of housing mm-hmm. on attractive ground where you can allow some lesser where you can I don't want to call it lesser but you could mix types of people that oh. live in theirs yeah. in mixed areas income. Yeah. yeah yeah so you yeah mixed middle housing is what yeah. they call it yeah. yeah all different types of housing in mm-hmm. one attractive ground yeah but there your nimbyism comes out no matter what you mm-hmm. do yeah and it's just people's reactions to protecting their housing type that they already have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of R1 zoning that is preferable, and as soon as somebody gets in their R1 zoning, they don't want anybody else around them yeah. to be anything else. Yeah, I, I, One of the things that I learned as a county commissioner that would have never, ever showed up on my radar is... Um, the sort of some of our issues with infrastructure and and one one of the big issues is that depending on where you are in columbia and boone county uh you don't have access to sewer and uh if uh and i would imagine uh and i'm pretty sure that i'm i'm correct about this you and your company have have had to put in sewage systems and and uh uh you know, you've spent a lot of money on infrastructure just connecting your subdivisions to public sewer correct well, we're we're connected to the city sewer outside in Settlers Ridge. We yep. pay one and a half times to connect to the city because sewer. Because you're not in the city limits. That is correct. Okay, so they put a premium on that. Yes. And do, do you know off the top of your head, what what does it cost to connect to, to connect sewer for a single family home in Columbia? I don't know. Okay. But it's around 3200 It's thousands least. of dollars. Yeah, for yeah. ours we do. Okay. Yeah. So and so yours is one and a half times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's that's uh that's tough. And, and that's just That and, my and, magic wand would say if you wanted to attract people to build below, I don't know if it would attract anybody or not, but one of the things we'd suggested at one point was perhaps if somebody was building below the median level offer some abatements of some of the fees mm-hmm. for connecting to city services. Or county services, and so the uh, and those all those costs and all those savings would be passed on to the home buyer, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, but you're getting a customer for the yeah. city. You're getting a customer. Yes, that'll pay you for forty years. Yes, or longer. So if you abate these fees, yeah. you're going to get your money back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what about what what's been your sort of um, take on the mortgage market the last thirteen months? You know, we've just seen. You know, uh, I locked into 2.25% last February, and I look like a genius uh, doing it, you know, but, but well, all of a sudden... Why, Fred, you are a genius. Oh, that's right. I can't keep telling myself that. But, you know, what happens? I mean, so we've had this dramatic... I mean, we're, people are now paying 7%, you know, for uh, their 30-year mortgage. Uh, and, you know, that 
if you've been around a while, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. But uh, the truth of the matter is, we got awfully used to these to these low these low, low mortgage Terribly rates. Terribly low. Yeah, and so, um, what impact has that had on the housing market? Um, above about three hundred, three hundred fifty, it's had a probably a more stunning. Yeah, because it affects uh, the monthly payments so yes, much. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. But there's such a lack of housing stock below 300000 It's just moved more people down into the, the price ranges below that. It's what, what it's done. Yeah. The people are still out there that can afford it are just snatching up what's below that yeah. price range. There's not a lot of housing available. Yeah. So there's this proposal by the Biden administration, and I, and I hate to, to sort of just come out of nowhere with this, but, but and I know, very, I know enough to be dangerous, but it sounds Same like <laughs> there's going to be an incentive to people who maybe don't have good credit uh, to uh, give them a little assistance in uh, getting uh, a mortgage. Is that, am I reading that right? Is that the intent of it? Yes, okay. and you're, you and I are both in the danger zone as well, <laughs> but it's if you have a credit score above 680, after the 1st of May, it looks like, um, and the only way I can figure it out that it's working is if you have a credit score above 680, it must be tied to the mortgage insurance premium, ah. which is part of your payment. Yeah, yeah. You're going to pay a higher mortgage insurance premium if you have a higher credit score and it's going to subsidize those that have a lower credit score who are going to pay a lower insurance premium. My gosh. So you get to pay less for your payment. Yeah. You know, just this you 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 work so hard your entire life to sort of, you know, play by the rules and uh and and live responsibly. And then you're penalized. You know, for for playing by the rules and and living And you subsidize somebody that has yeah, that and may have life occurrences that have caused this but yeah. you're going to subsidize somebody yeah all right didn't. well there's just i mean it, there's it's just it's amazing to me and i want to talk when we come back from this break i want to talk about some of the things like energy audits and and uh landlord regulations and and just some of the things that uh are affecting the the cost of housing in our market and then i also want to kind of get your assessment of, of the current real estate market you know if are there pricing categories that are there really just nothing to buy and are there homes sitting around in certain uh pricing categories but uh just uh kind of get your feel on uh if it's a buyer's or a seller's market at this time in history so we are visiting with Rhonda Carlson. Uh, Rhonda is the one of the owners of CNC Construction and a uh, member of the Ready Board and the chairman chairperson of the Citizens Police Review Board right now. And uh, just uh, she's been around for a long time. In fact, and she ran for mayor several years ago. I, I remember that. It, it just kind of occurred to me while I was sitting here. So we need to uh, probably uh, get her take on whether or not that was a blessing in disguise or not to, to not win that race. But when we come back from this break, we'll continue our conversation with Rhonda Carlson. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 939 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 939 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host. I'm visiting with Rhonda Carlson, the owner of CNC Construction. Uh, local realtor, local developer, and uh, involved in all kinds of things in the community. Give us, you, you have your license with Remax. Uh, give us uh, sort of a uh, a taste for what the real estate market is, is like right now. Um, is it a buyer's market, a seller's market? I don't think it's, it's kind of leveling itself back yeah. a little bit more towards normal. Mm -hmm. And as I would say, like 300,000 to 
500,000. It's more to it what our normal market would be this time of year. Yeah. Above 500,000, I think it gets a little bit more. It hasn't really gotten slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mainly because spring market is always the spring market. Yeah. Yeah. But it's moved a little bit more towards normal market. Yeah. I, I, um, we, we, Went and saw a few homes on the Prairie to Homes last weekend, and, and uh, we're not looking to move, so if realtors, please don't call me. My son's a realtor now. Um, and uh, I, it was really, it, it was interesting to me um, that a three-bedroom, two-bath home on a slab on a maybe a little bit less than a half acre um, or smaller was anywhere from 370 to 430, you know, and I just, I was... I don't know. It just, you know, it, to me, it wasn't that long ago that those houses were $150,000, you know? Stunning. <laughs> it is. And so, um, but I mean, I mean, I think that people are getting a little bit more creative. I think builders are, are just, you know, adding some nicer amenities. Uh, and, you know, people like the, the nice bathrooms and, and the open floor plans and, and, uh, the big closets. But, you know, I just sort of, uh, and saw a lot of three car garages, which I thought was interesting. You know what I mean? That, uh, I guess that's for people to put their junk in instead of their cars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, what, what do you think is a sweet spot right now? Is there anything that people are really, uh, if you have a home that you think appraises or is valued, and I guess it doesn't matter what it appraises for is what people will pay for it, right? Open book test. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what's, what's the hottest part of the market right now? Anything under. 300 yeah and if you go below 250 you just might as well, it's gone yeah unless it's a piece of junk yeah yeah and that's existing or um new can you build something new for under 250 uh, ours are below 250 is that right up like in settlers ridge mm-hmm. really yeah everything's sold out yeah interesting did not know not that. for long though i mean it's ridiculous yeah the lot costs are in the 40s so yeah you, yeah it's hard to, and you got to have vision. I mean, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, I think about where you where you have built your your subdivision. We just remembered another one off of London Drive, off West Boulevard, yeah. That you uh, you guys did, um, but it, it's like it's just sort of interesting to me that uh, where these subdivisions pop up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, correct. Uh, what's the toughest thing about planning a subdivision right now? Just getting through the process, getting through the city regulation. Just the process. Mm-hmm. It it used to be something that was, and I haven't had to do it for a long time, but. Just the timing of it mm-hmm. and um, making sure you jump through all the correct hoops. Yep, yep. Now there's traffic studies and <laughs> environmental studies. Yeah. and Is that one of the reasons? I mean, can you point at those all of those environmental impact studies and the traffic studies? And just having lawyers and engineers and and planners, uh, on, you know, that you have to pay to to get this stuff through the city process, it, that obviously is one of the things that's driving up the cost of a house in this market. Well, you always had to have them. Yeah, but aren't they? Uh, isn't it a but, lot more expensive than it used to be? Or tedious? Well, everything is. Yeah. everything is. It just is it, it more tedious? Yeah, okay. it is. It it's just a lot, and and then the time involved because mm-hmm. it's beyond me. It used to you'd show up at public hearings you just never know what to expect yeah yeah. but i can i can honestly say we don't do huge amounts of it anymore we try to stay in communication with the neighborhoods that we're working in Mm -hmm. and we have no plans to expand beyond what we've already done Yeah. yeah so yeah um is it a good time to be a realtor 
Somebody thinks so. <laughs> we had a board meeting this morning, and we didn't have room for the new members to sit. Wow! And, and how many how many uh, how many realtors are there in Columbia? Over well, six hundred seven seven thirty, I think. Seven thirty something. Is that an all time high? No. Um, okay. I heard Brian say it had hit a number higher than yeah, that. Yeah, seven thirty. But that's a lot. It's a lot of people making a living off of the real estate market, and so well, I'd are say trying they're to make doing a living. something else yeah. and the real yeah. estate market. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, so what are people, if you could build something right now, I mean, is, is there a way to, is there any, is there any merit in the tiny house concept? Are people, are, would, is there any demand for that at all? Oh, I think there probably is. It's just that if you tried to start a tiny house project right now, mm -hmm. how many people would come out against you? How far out of Columbia would you have to go to get one? Wow. Wow. That's something. I mean, because I, I think that, I mean, so many of the things that people show up to protest, I mean, you gotta, you better be careful what you wish for. You know what I mean? Because there could be something a lot worse next to your house or in your backyard. You know? Yeah. I, that's, I think they're going through this exercise on what they want to do with some of the things in central Columbia to help mm -hmm. make affordable housing more affordable. And I've been on, I've quit counting what they call it. They call it Affordable Housing Task Force, Workforce Housing Task Force, something task force for more affordable housing. Mm -hmm. and, and almost, I'd say th at least three of them came up with coming up with new ways to allow some of the unusable lots in the central city to be used mm -hmm. and with some other types of housing. Yeah. And when and an unusable lot may be something that is just too small from the yeah. standard, the current regulations. And they'll allow one or two of those to go through. But many times you'll have so much neighborhood people come out against such yeah. such things. And yeah. so it's what do you want? Do you want broken windows or do you want to have a neighbor that you you could help improve the neighborhood? Yeah, that, that Which feels invested. Want? Yeah, absolutely. I, I want someone that feels invested in their in their home. You know, yeah. and so uh, you you mentioned that there's some focus groups going on right now. What what was the purpose of those focus groups uh, on affordable housing? Um, well, they gathered landlords on one, um, tenants on the other, and community act, uh, community organizations on the third one. You almost said activists. Almost. Well, there was a, probably a little <laughs> bit of both. Um, I don't know, uh -huh. but I think what came out of it is there were several things about energy with many questions about energy audits and mm. things like that but from what i understand i have not seen the the draft is going to be presented i think to city council here at the next meeting or mm. a meeting here in may yeah but i do think it all came down to cost mm -hmm. cost know, to uh enforce it or administer it it doesn't come down to the cost on the landlord i mean if, i mean because if there's you no, have there's to no improve it if yeah. you're going to have to improve it, it you're going to have to raise your rent yeah but there's no concern for the landlord's interest but uh, i believe all know. the groups came out with that this is exactly it's going to cost more yeah and we're going to pass that on to the tenant of course which doesn't make it more affordable right that's right yeah and there is a absolute shortage of rental housing and are we i mean are we sure that some of this energy efficient stuff is really I mean, are we sure that these solar panels and some of the things that you know the the six inch uh, you know the the six inch studs and and those types of, are we sure that those are really making a difference in in energy efficiency well they might be making a difference but over what period of time yeah how long does it take to and pay at what it cost? back and at what cost if it takes yeah. you 60 years to pay that dollar back then it's not yeah 
But, who but if your windows are, if if you are sitting in your house and your hair is blowing like you yeah. look like you're blowing in the wind, yeah. then there's a problem. But yeah. that isn't really what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of, uh, does, is there any room for common sense in these conversations? I mean, in these discussions? I mean, does does is there somebody that can sit down and say, yeah, that's a, a really noble idea. That's a great idea. But. You gotta look at what what the what the costs are and and who's going to pay this and and over what time. I mean, do, does anybody does that ever enter the conversation? I know it was in our conversation as the landlords and owners yeah. group. Yeah. Um, I can't speak to what was in the other conversations because I haven't seen what they they did say there would be a draft out. I'm hoping we get get a look at it, but um, I do know personally because my husband's on the building codes commission mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has been like, over 30 years yeah I'm too wow. old it's i didn't th- he started in diapers yeah of course but <laughs> you were a child I, bride yeah yeah <laughs> in my diapers they did it that way in columbia back then mm-hmm. um but they are going to the energy code is going backwards because the new energy codes that were being instituted are not cost efficient so even the energy code Interesting. People are realizing they're not they're they're overburdening yeah. the market. Good to hear. I mean, that's so what somebody's yeah. somebody's doing. Yeah. That. At least that's what they're hearing yeah. coming down the pike. It it takes a long time for us to adopt building codes in this community. I mean, like like maybe what was just mostly recently adopted was the 2018 code. I mean, it just it it doesn't happen uh, simultaneously. I mean, it it takes a while to rewrite a city's building code and make sure that it's in compliance with with some kind of standard, I guess. Well, they review it, and they review it, and they review it. Mm -hmm. Sadly, there are many meetings. Not sadly, it's a good thing, because they want to make sure that they're not, you know, doing things that is just going to totally shake up the whole community. And at least they involve builders, like like Cass. I mean, that's... I think Builders, engineers. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. I don't know what you call the people that analyze the heating and cooling systems mm-hmm. and the whole bit yeah so well that's interesting so when you look at um sort of the the future of real estate in in columbia are we out of land are we out of places to build no okay uh, are are we going to be able to maybe uh do some infill are we going to be able to fill in some of these spots in the you know you drive down stewart road and and glen glenwood and greenwood and you see houses being torn down I mean, houses that probably sold for four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars being torn down to build new houses. Uh, are we going to be seeing a lot more of that in the the central part of our city? Um, I believe, and there was a moratorium that I the the mayor put in, and I don't know if, or at least suggested. I don't mm-hmm. know where that's going to go. I know the board of realtors is kind of against just doing that carte blanche. Yeah, there needs to be yeah. some discussion about that. But historically, there's some concerns about certain areas of town that they probably shouldn't do that right away there's other areas of town that the houses probably should be considered maybe dangerous Mm -hmm. and should be torn down yeah but there are areas to build in columbia now columbia we're kind of there's certain geographic things that kind of hem us in in some Um, some ways but you have to take into account some of our infrastructure yeah yeah so how big of a factor uh is the quality of the local school in in real estate do people do people still are they still concerned about what school district they're in that you know they get that more from people that they talk to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think the school systems 
as far as we we are as realtors, we're we don't advise or should not be advising on oh. that. But I, a lot of people get that information from their friends. Okay, all right. So it's out there. Just, it's uh, out there, but not necessarily coming from the realtor. Yeah. Correct. Rhonda Carlson, we appreciate your time this weekend. Thank you for taking time out to visit. Interesting stuff. And thank you for the, your service to the community. You uh, are doing some things that nobody else wants to do. And we appreciate you for being willing to do so. So, And if people want to find out about this uh, Settlers Ridge uh, subdivision, what's the phone number they can call? 573-875-3900. All right. 875-3900 if you want to find out about some affordable housing here in Boone County. We'll be back next weekend with another stellar edition of the CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry signing off. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city and I love it. Yeah, I love it.